again and lift your hands to keeper of Mark. The eleventh verse. Mark the eleventh chapter and the eleventh verse. <clears throat> And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out into Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came. Happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answering said unto it, No man eat of the fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and began to cast out them that sold, and began to and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught them, saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a, of all nations a house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, he saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Hallelujah. How many believe that tonight? Say amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless the reading of His Word. Father, in the name of Jesus, now we thank You for Your Word. For we know the Word of God is our power and is our strength and it's our life. God, we stand upon the Word in the authority of Jesus Christ, uh, knowing that all things are possible uh, to them that believe and confess the promise of God. We stand upon that promise, Lord. Now we ask you to minister in this service tonight. May the power of the Holy Spirit just have right away. Take charge of every thought. Bring every thought into captivity. And minister upon your people. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not going to take a lot of time tonight in this particular 
portion of Scripture that we've read. I believe that before the week is over, we're going to go back to this portion of Scripture. I just feel that, that God wants us to go into something even more. But while we were riding up here in the car, it seemed as though the Lord brought it to my mind, this particular chapter, about having faith in God, and being obedient to the things of the Lord, and knowing that whatever God said, God will do if we have faith to believe the promises of God. You see, the Word of God is power, church. It's authority. There's nothing in God's Word that will not be accomplished if we are willing to take God at His Word and receive it by faith and know that what Jesus Christ said will happen. Now, He said in that 23rd verse there, He said, I have faith in God. Whatsoever you whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now the key to the scripture that we just quoted was the part where Jesus had come to the fig tree while he was traveling that day. And he spoke to it. Because he was bringing into remembrance when the disciples spoke to him there, as they saw the fig tree the second time, and they said, Look at it, Master. It's dried from the roots up. It's dead. It has started from down in the roots. And then Jesus began to quote to them, and he said uh, that if you have faith in God, you could say unto this mountain, not only to a fig tree, uh, but to anything that would come in your way, you could say to it, Be thou removed, and be thou cast from the sea, and it would actually happen and take place. Now, Jesus that day, what was happening as he was traveling and he saw that fig tree, the Bible said he was hungry. How many have ever been that way? Glory to God. You get to such a place that you feel like, well, you could eat the bark off a tree. And if you're, you're Pentecostal, you've been that way quite often. You're fasting and you're praying and you're seeking the Lord. And those things happen. And Jesus was in that state of mind and he saw that fig tree, had leaves on it, and it was blossoming out as though that there may be fruit, and Jesus saw the tree, and he drew nigh to it as though he might be able to draw something from it. But when he got closer and he saw there was no fruit, he cursed the tree, and he spoke to it, and he said, May no man eat of the fruit of thee from this day on. Now, the moment that Jesus Christ spoke the word, church, the miracle happened. I believe that's the secret of the whole thing. The miracle happened the moment that Jesus spoke the word. When he said, no man eat of thee, that tree died. Right there, I believe it. I believe it started from the roots and that death began to creep until it worked its way all the way up. But the thing that's so marvelous about the whole picture is that even though when Jesus spoke the word and the miracle had transpired, the evidence had not yet been seen. The tree had died, Jesus had done it, the miracle had happened, but as far as the disciples was concerned, it hadn't happened. The tree was still green. It still appeared, appeared to be the same way as it was before Jesus cursed it. Nothing had evidently taken place, uh, and he went on his way. But as they returned a few days later, and they came by the tree, they began to see the evidence of the miracle which Jesus had spoke. And they saw the tree was dead and had dried up from the roots. And you know, I begin to think about that. 
I thought, isn't that a picture of some of us today? Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. The literal translation of that means have the faith of God. That it is God's faith that is working and manifesting through the Word of God and that whatever God said will happen. And so that if we speak the Word that God has given us to speak, regardless of what it is or how it appears to be, Maybe you can't see the results right now and it seems like it's going to be an absolute impossible thing to happen. You don't understand how it's going to work. But if it's God's Word, God has anointed it. If you have faith in God and believe it, the miracle will happen when this Word is spoken. Now, many times you may not see the results right away. We were talking all the way up here from the airport and I was talking to Brother Mitchell just about a a little Jesus festival that we just had down there in the Long Beach area for a church that we'd opened up. We had an auditorium that would seat about 800 people. And we'd gone through the high schools and passed out this literature and got them to come out to this meeting. And we had about three of 300 there. Well, 300 sounds pretty good when you say 300, but when you see them sitting in an auditorium of 800, it looks kind of small. And I remember this one fellow, he's just a new convert. He'd only been saved for about two months. And he was up there, he was so nervous, he was worried about this. And he was walking back and forth and standing by the door. And he says, I don't understand this. He said, there's so many empty seats. I thought it was going to be just jammed out. I thought every seat would be full. And he said, it's just so discouraging, it's so discouraging. I said, brother, don't you dare say that it's discouraging. I said, Jesus said that we're supposed to go out and to do the work. I said, thank God for the 300 that's here. Thank God for the victories, church. Thank God for the things that He's done. And I said, don't ever be discouraged over some outward circumstance. God's Word is going forth, and the Word is going to produce fruit, and there's going to be a result from it that's going to work in the life of that person. And you know, Jesus uh, began to move upon those people. The altar call was given and 25 souls came up and gave their heart to God. Hallelujah. You know, I believe the miracle that happened when the labors began to start. And you know, we had not seen the result of the fruit of the thing yet, but it was going to come, church. I believe that's true in divine healing. Anything that you receive from God by faith, uh, when we speak the Word, uh, when we say it in faith, knowing that what God said will happen, uh, that by faith we ought to receive the miracle as done. You know, it's so easy to say, well, I guess it's not God's time yet. Or maybe the Lord, I don't understand why the Lord's going to wait a little while. Or maybe it's going to happen later on. Or we just don't understand why we haven't seen the results as yet. The reason why, maybe the miracle's already transpired and you just haven't seen the results. And I believe that a lot of reason is why people have never seen the results is because they nullify their faith by unbelief because they're confined to a physical thing. You see, if you try to hold God to a miracle, a lot of times you'll rob yourself of your healing. There's a difference between healing and a miracle. I believe a miracle is something that just transpires instantly. Before your eyes, I heard about a man that broke his bone, and the bone came through his leg, and the flesh and the blood was running, and somebody laid hands on him and prayed, and all of a sudden that bone drew right back in, and the flesh closed up, the blood stopped, the man was healed right there. Bless God, if that's not enough to make you shout, you need to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Miracle. 
nothing short of a miracle. But you know, sometimes uh, when that bone is put together, it's healing gradually. The next day it's a little better. The next day it's a little better. The next day it's a little better. Now, when the Word of God starts a work in a man's life, even though that tree, the moment that Jesus spoke it, the work had started right there. The miracle was done. The tree began to die from the roots up. It took a few days before it got to the top and the last leaf that was on the tree. But it still happened. And sometimes people will say, Oh my, it isn't going to happen, and I don't think it has happened, simply because they don't see the physical results right now. Jesus said, Have faith in God. Speak the Word. Confess it with your mouth. And whatsoever you say shall come to pass. If you believe God, it will happen. It always happens. No matter what it is, whether it's positive or whether it's negative, it always comes to pass. The Israelites in the wilderness... They went over to take the promised land. God told them to send out some spies. And the Bible tells us that 12 of them came back. Ten had a, had a positive report. Two had a negative report. Or two had a positive report. Ten had a negative report. They said, we cannot overcome the land. It's absolutely impossible. And that's what they believed. That's what they had faith in. That's what they were trusting for. They said, it can't be done. And you know what? They didn't do it. Amen. Joshua and Caleb, those two that had faith in God, and they confessed it and they spoke it, and they said, we can overcome the land. It's absolutely possible for us to take it. God parted the Red Sea. God sent down manna from heaven. God brought in quail to feed us when we hungered for meat. He brought water from a rock. We are able. Hallelujah. And the Bible said they did, church. Joshua and Caleb and the young people that were raised up to them did it. Both of those parties got exactly what they said. Oh, I believe that's why Jesus made it such an emphasis uh, that we should have faith in God, not in the problems. Uh, that we ought to have faith in the promise of Jesus Christ, uh, in the Word of God. If you have faith in the devil, he'll work too. Amen. Have faith in God. Believe Him. Trust Him. When those things are said and done, know that the answer's on the way, even though you can't see it, and it's still going to happen. I remember an old fellow that used to be my pastor when I was very young. His wife and him had been in a bad automobile accident. And this woman was crippled, she was in a wheelchair. Her back was broken. Her legs were broken. She, she couldn't hardly move around. They had to keep her in a bed or in a wheelchair all the time. She could never walk. And after she had come out of this accident, she was in the wheelchair, and they brought her to church, and everybody prayed. She began to declare that she was healed. And she said, Praise God, I'm healed! And she said, I don't see the results right now, and I don't, I'm not able to get up, but I know that I'm healed! Well, everybody rejoiced with her for a while. And they thought, that's wonderful. She's healed. She's healed. Thank God for her faith. That went on for a few days and then for a week and then for two weeks and, and, and then for three and four and five and six. And she still kept declaring that she was healed, but she couldn't walk. Her husband had to pick her up out of bed, put her in the wheelchair. She couldn't move about at all by herself, but she still said she was healed. Finally, weeks turned into months. Months turned into years. And her husband was getting discouraged, and finally he came to her and he said, Honey, he said, why don't you just admit it? You're not healed. She said, I'm healed. 
He said, you can't be healed. You've been saying this for so long. And he said, if you were really healed, he said, why aren't we seeing the results of it? Why hasn't God done something about it? Why aren't you getting up and walking? Uh, this is just bringing reproach on the name of the Lord. You're going around saying you're healed. People are looking at you saying, oh yeah, there's nothing to that because if she was healed, she could walk. She's just putting on a big story. It's a mental attitude. They think they're healed when they're really not. And he said, that's not doing us any good. He said, come on, admit it. You're not healed. She looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. I'm healed. Amen. God's Word promised me that I'm healed. And she said, I refuse to believe anything else. And you know that woman faithfully maintained that year after year after year. Four, five, six, seven years. Now, I'm not saying this is the way God expects you to do it. Because I don't understand all the ways of the Lord, George. I'll be, I'll be honest to admit that. Every time I think I've got God all figured out, I've got it all stashed up here, the Lord comes along and pokes a hole in my balloon. And I find out I don't know near as much as I thought I did. And I begin to seek Him for more answers. And I think, no, I was wrong there. Here it is over here. And I'll go along all right for that for a while. And then the Lord shows me that's not it either. And He'll start something else. You see, you never can get God into a certain pattern because God is a great God. He fills the universe. His ways are past understanding. They're far beyond us. God is a God that we have to receive by faith. Accept Him according to His Word and His will and do what He would have us to do and not by our own thinking. Amen. Finally, after seven years, that little woman had kept on believing kept on saying that she was healed. Now, there's a lot of people that go around saying they're claiming they're healing and that they are healed when I don't really believe down inside they believe it themselves. But one thing I'm going to have to say, this woman was convinced. Bless your heart, she'd argue you to death. You couldn't talk to her about it. You couldn't even tell her that she wasn't healed. She would stand up to anybody and say, Don't you dare tell me so. God's Word says I'm healed. God's Word is more reliable than yours. God's Word's more reliable than any man. God's Word's more reliable than my bones, than the pain that I feel. I believe what He said. Hallelujah. And you know something, church, on the seventh year, that woman jumped up out of that wheelchair, healed by the power of God, began to leap and shout out and praise God. And her life was completely changed, caused a revival in that church because God had proved Himself to that woman. When she stood up to testify, she didn't stand up and say, I thank God for believing Him for seven years and I finally got my healing. She stood up and said, I told you I was healed. Amen. Amen. She says, I don't know why it took me so long for the evidence to be manifested. Whether it was me and in the way or what, I don't know. But she said, I knew all the time inside that I had been healed. And you know something, church? The Bible says that a day is a thousand years of the Lord and a thousand years is a day. We don't know how God thinks. You know, God's time clock is on such a different scale than yours and mine. I had a fellow come to me that was supposed to be a Christian. And he said, listen, brother. He said, I've heard them preach Jesus is coming ever since I was a little bitty kid. He said, they've told me that Jesus was coming. Get ready. Jesus is coming. He said, my grandfather used to say that. My mother used to say it. Amy Simple McPherson used to say it. She's dead and gone, buried in the grave, and her bones are rotten, and he still hasn't come. 
I said, Brother, you're fulfilling prophecy when you say it. And I said, you couldn't be any more than 35, 40 years old. And you're saying that all of these many, many years? I said, what is 30 years in God's time clock? Think about that. Just a second on the end of the map. Brother, we're living right now to the very coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, church. Maybe we don't understand all of these things, but you accept it by faith. Come on. By faith. Bless God, I look for Him today, and He hasn't made it yet. So I'm going to look for Him tomorrow. Praise God. But the day isn't over yet. We've got till 12 o'clock, so I may make it, may make it yet. And I'll tell you something, my airplane was late, but Jesus won't be. God knows right down to the very minute detail, the time, the place that He's going to come and when it's going to happen and what's going to take place. And brother, He's going to come for those that are looking to Him and believing and having faith in God who know that the existence of God is real, who know that God's Word is the most important thing upon the face of the earth. And when God says it, it will work. Hallelujah. And He's coming for those that are living and walking by faith every day. Hallelujah. Glory to God, not looking to circumstances, not looking to problems, uh, not looking to all of these things, but just believing what God said and saying, Lord, I know that You said it. I know that it's in Your Word. And if You said it, I believe it. Hallelujah. That's the kind of church Jesus is coming for. I remember this young man in our church. Just a few months back, one of the most, one of the strangest things I had ever seen this young man was a man that God was using tremendous way, just 17, 18 years old. He had a tremendous amount of God-given wisdom, not wisdom that he would have on his own, but just a, he commanded a respect and authority even from, from the older people because of the anointing of God upon his life. God was using him. He was praying for the sick, preaching the gospel, really ministering the Word of God. And you know, one day they called me and they said, Brother Messer, they said, come down to the hospital right away. Steve was throwing a ball and he broke his arm just by throwing the ball. And I came in and he was laying there in the bed, a smile on his face, shouting and praising God. And I said, what happened, Steve? He said, I don't know. He said, I just went to throw a baseball. And he said, my arm broke. Amen. That's a strange thing. And so they begin to examine the bone in that boy to find out why his arm would break so easy. And they started taking tests and they found out that he had one of the most rare, unusual type of a bone cancer that was eating away on his bone. And the bone had been eaten away there till there was just a small shell left. And when he went to throw the ball, it just snapped because there wasn't any strength to it at all. This was a type of a cancer that there was no cure for. There was nothing that they could do. They could give no radiant treatments and any kind of treatments. All they don't know what to do. It's just something they cannot deal with. The doctor came to me and he said, Reverend, he said, that boy is going to die. He's going to die. I said, are you sure of that? He said, I've never been any more sure of anything in my life. He said, everybody that has ever had that cancer has died. We don't know what to do with it. He says, they just can't live. Now, he said, the only thing that we can do, he says, is to take him down to a clinic that's back in Florida somewhere. And they said, we'll take off his arm and we'll take his cancer and we'll shoot it into another patient that has the same type of a cancer and take their cancer and put it into him. And they said, by this, we may immunize him and it may cause it 
a resistance to build up in his own blood against it. He said, that's the only thing we know to do. And I said, can that guarantee anything? He says, not a thing. He says, we don't know if it will work or not, but we're willing to try. And so they told Steve about it. Steve says, no way. He says, I don't want to go back there and have somebody's cancer shot in me. He says, I'm going to believe Jesus. Amen. And so the doctor said, if you don't do it, you're going to die. Finally, the doctor called me up and he said, Brother, he said, you've got to talk that boy into letting us do this. And I said, how can I talk him into doing that? I said, he has faith in God. He believes in the Lord. I said, don't you believe that Jesus heals? He says, well, I, I believe that God does what he wants to. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said, well, the whole truth of the matter is he wants to heal. Amen? He does. He wants to heal. And he said, you should try to talk him into it. If you really love that boy and you're his minister, you'll try to talk him into it. And I said, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. I said, I will talk to him, but I said, I'm not going to talk him into having his arm removed or to having that cancer taken out. And so Steve's mother went to him. He says, no. He says, I want to trust the Lord. Now, this is a strange thing. I don't understand it. I'm not here to give you an answer because I don't have all the answers. But I know one thing. When God moves, He does it in the right way. He knows exactly what He's doing. And we just have to go ahead and praise the Lord anyhow. Amen. And so Steve's mother told him, he said, no, I, won't, I, I, I want to believe God. The doctor told me, he said, he's going to die. I said, well, you told me he's going to die even if you do take it off. He said, well, he will. And I said, well, if he's going to die anyway, what's the use taking it off? He said, well, maybe you can help somebody else. And I said, well, I don't want to use that boy for a guinea pig. Let's believe the Lord. Amen? So he went home. He just laid down in his bed and began to praise the Lord. And you know that arm began to swell. He got bigger and bigger and bigger until, look, the top of his arm was as big around as a huge watermelon. One of the largest things you've ever seen. Swole all the way down to here. He couldn't even hold it up. In fact, it had to be tied in a sling because the weight of his arm was so heavy that if it wasn't in a sling, it would just rip off and fall. The flesh become putrefied and rotten. It turned black. There seemed to be absolutely no hope. That doctor told me, he, he told me, he said, he's done it now. There's nothing we can do. We can't even take off his arm. He can't live. That cancer spread all through his system. It's all over his body. He's going to die. He's only going to live a few, year, a few days and he's going to die. His mother called and said, look, why don't you take him to the hospital where he can be a little bit uh, more comfortable anyway. The doctor said, no, it's your baby now. Think about that. That's supposed to be a, a house of mercy and a man that's supposed to help people. It's your baby now. That's a beautiful way to deal with it. Amen? And so, you know, I'd go down and see Steve each day and he was laying there and he said, you know, Brother Messer, it's not on Monday. The Lord came and spoke to me. He said, Steve, on a Friday... You're going into the hospital. And he said, they're going to take off your arm. But he said, don't fear, I'm going to be with you. And he said, I'm not saying anything to my mother or anybody else. He says, I don't want anybody to know how God spoke to me because then they might think, well, this is the Lord and really try to put me in the hospital by Friday. He says, I'm just keeping it between us. And then there was a little lady in our church. She came to me and she, she got me aside. She said, Brother Messer, for a while, I thought maybe Steve was was kind of missing it there. I thought maybe he's getting discouraged. And I thought, Lord, the boy's upset and he's discouraged and he's looking for a way out and he thinks God's showing him to go to the hospital and get his arm off. I don't think the Lord works that way. 
But you know, we really don't know what God does all the time, church. We don't know. We just have to walk by faith. Amen? This little woman came to me and she said, Brother Messer, and I have great faith in her. She's not one of these fly by nights that leaps around and has visions all the time. That's not of the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. There's always one in every church, and sometimes four or five, you know, that they've got a vision over everything that's going to happen. But she said, I was out shopping with some of the ladies, and she said, all of a sudden while I was walking through the shopping center, she said, the power of God came over me. And she said, I felt it so strong. And she said, all of a sudden the Lord began to witness to me that Steve was going to the hospital on Friday. And they're going to take off his arm, and that was going to be the end of his cancer. I said, is that right? She said, that's what the Lord showed me. So I said, well, we'll wait and see. I didn't say anything except my wife and I. We talked about what Hallie had said. and we had, I hadn't said anything to anybody about what Steve said. I just said what she had mentioned. Never said anything to her mother. You know, all of a sudden when Friday came, doctor called. Mother hadn't gotten a hold of him at all. And he said, look, I've been thinking. He said, bring that boy in the hospital. Bring him in. And sure enough, they took the boy into the hospital on Friday. He was in the hospital there. I went to visit him. His arm got bigger and bigger and bigger. It got worse and worse until finally the flesh just split wide open and the artery that was in his arm, arm ruptured and all of the, uh, the blood in his body began to run out. And so they had to immediately, they had to do something in order to keep him from bleeding to death right there. And so they took him into surgery and they removed not just his arm, but they took his shoulder right here from his neck shoulder all the way across straight down to here and the doctor came in and he says now we're going to take him in we're going to do this but he says I'm going to tell you now there's a very very slim chance that he'll even pull through this kind of a surgery and if he does pull through it he's not going to live after he does get through it because the cancer will metastasize and go all through his body it's already he says I'm sure it's already done it was swollen up in his chest and everything else and so they took him in and they removed it and when they had done this surgery, this it was a terrible thing that they had to do. I went in to see the next boy, the boy the next morning, and there he was, alert, still praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said, how do you feel, Steve? And he said, wonderful. He said, I don't know why. I don't understand why God did it. He says, I'm not questioning him. He says, there's got to be a reason somewhere. So he says, I'm just praising the Lord for it. You know, they brought him in there. They took x-rays. That doctor come out shaking his head, scratching his head. They took him back in. They took more x-rays. They went through it over and over and over again. The doctor come out and he said, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. And I said, what's wrong? He said, we've taken x-rays. He said, I can't find a trace of cancer in that boy's body anywhere else. He said, it was like it was all contained in the earth. He said, I knew that it was in other parts of the body. It had to be. Because he said, the bone marrow cancer, the blood is manufactured in the marrow. And he says, the blood manufactures the cancer cells and just shoots it all through the body. He says, I can't find it yet, but we're going to take a lot of blood tests. And he said, I know as soon as we get the blood test back, he says, I'll find it in that. And so they took blood tests. And he came back out. He said, there's no cancer. No cancer. Hallelujah. You know what that little woman said was true. What God had spoken to Steve is true. Somebody said, well, why didn't God keep him from losing his arm? I don't know. I don't know the ways of the Lord. But do you know when that happened? He came out. He lives in Paramount. 
And when that came out, they were so impressed with him. There was a, uh, uh, I think it was a Lions Club or something. They made a big deal out of it, bought him a new car that he could drive, automatic transmission so he'd only have to use one arm. The papers put a great big article in the papers, and they begin to hit this thing, and it spread all over the whole area. Here is a young man that's found the way of life. Steve Hawkins believed in God. He trusted in the Lord. Everyone said his faith wouldn't work, that God wasn't real and alive. The doctors told him that he couldn't live and that he was going to die. This was on the newspaper, the headlines. But he believed in God. church, you need faith no matter what you're going to do. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need faith to receive the Holy Spirit. You're saved by faith. You're filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit by faith. You know, God began to show me one time when I was giving an altar call. I wanted to see some people come and give their heart to God. And I just wondered, I seemed like 
There just seemed to be a bondage there. And I knew there were sinners out there. And I knew they needed to give their heart to Jesus. And I began to pray and I said, Lord, I want those people to come. And they didn't come. God spoke to me and He said, have faith. I said, what do you mean have faith? I'm not praying for the sick. That person's got a will. They can get up out of their seat and come down here and give their heart to God. Or they can sit there the way they are if they want to and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's true. But you know, God said you can help release them by believing for their soul. Hallelujah. You know, I began to pray and I said, God, I believe and I already claim those souls for Jesus Christ. I believe that they're going to be saved, Lord, and I'm not going to take no for an answer. And I prayed... And I bound that spirit of sin. You know, all of a sudden, souls started streaming down the altars. They come and give their heart to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You go out on the streets to witness to somebody for Jesus Christ. You have faith. God's going to help you. Give you the words. Going to minister to that need. Faith is the key to everything we do for Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? How many here tonight don't have the Holy Ghost? You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me see your hands. Lift it up. Amen. Glory to God. This is nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to be excited about. Hallelujah. God wants to fill you. You know, I feel there are those of you here tonight that need Jesus. You need to be born again. And it doesn't matter how you've been taught, what anybody has told you. The only way is through Jesus Christ, accepting Him as our Lord and Savior, giving praise to Him and receiving all that He has. You may think that we're strange. Well, you're right. We are. Hallelujah. There isn't anything stranger on the face of the earth than Pentecostal people. Come on. The Bible tells us God's chose strange and peculiar ways His wonders to perform. And I've seen a lot of wonders in Pentecostal churches, but not many other places. Amen. We may be strange, church. I'll tell you that for sure. There are those of you here that are sitting in this. Maybe you've been in church all your life, but you've never given your heart to God in this particular manner. Maybe you've sat under some kind of a doctrine or philosophy. Maybe someone has taught you in a particular way. Maybe you haven't had anything at all. You know that you're lost without God. You've never been a Christian, and you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior if you're willing to put your will into action right now. Say, God, I believe that. And I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and come down and give your heart to God. God's grace will be bestowed upon you, and He'll give you a little bit of that faith. Amen? Hallelujah. I feel it. We're going to sing that chorus right now. And if there are those of you out here, you're lost without Jesus. You know, we have a joy down in our soul and in our hearts that nothing can give but Jesus Christ. You want that joy and that peace and that power? Just look around you. You'll see the radiance of Jesus on somebody's face, and you need that. God wants to give it to you. This is real. This is not some thing that we're just talking about. It's something that produces. Hallelujah. And it's real. Glory to God. You know, I was noticing just last week, I was talking to Brother Mitchell about it. When we were in a certain project out there on the street preaching, and there was a bunch of these fellows that came up, and they were giving this attitude like, we're just shining you on. We don't, we don't believe what you're saying. We don't care about it. We don't, we, we don't listen to that stuff, but they wouldn't leave. Amen. And we just kept right on preaching and right on praising the Lord and singing the Lord. They laughed and they mocked and they went on. Oh, yeah, you guys say that's the way, but we don't believe it. 
And I thought, now, if you don't believe it, why don't you move on down the road and let make room for somebody? But they wouldn't go, see? The whole truth of the matter was they saw something in those young people standing there. They saw the joy of Jesus Christ, uh, the power of God and the love of God. They saw something that was real, and they knew it was real. And they heard the message. And God was convicting their heart. They didn't understand it, but they knew there was something to it. Maybe you don't understand all the ways of these people, but brother, you know that what they've got is real, and you can feel the power of God speaking to your own heart right now. We're going to sing that chorus, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never accepted Him, I'm going to challenge you. Stand to your feet and come down to this altar right here, and just kneel down and give your heart to God. I challenge you to do it. If there's someone next to you and you're not certain of their experience, say, come on, I'll go with you. Let's go down together. Bring them down here right now. God wants to change that life, and He'll do it if you'll just be willing to believe Him. Amen. Sing it with me right now. If you're here, you don't know God, come on quickly. Right now, come and gather around this altar. God will change your life. Oh, it takes courage, but that's the kind of people God can use. Once you take that first step, you'll find something happening. And the next one comes a little easier. Pretty soon, God's already done something before you hit the altar. Hallelujah. Because He's honored your faith in stepping out to believe Him. Sing it with me right now. God's speaking to you. Come on, in the name of the Lord. Happy. God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Have in God. Have in God for the victory. to him have in God glory to Jesus oh hallelujah Jesus have up your hands and let's worship God again. Tell Him that we love Him tonight. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Praise God, praise God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to sing that chorus again. And, and those of you that lifted your hands say, I need the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of you that didn't probably, that need the Holy Spirit. I want you to just slip out of your seat and come up here on this platform around these chairs and kneel down and begin to seek the Lord. Somebody's going to meet you here and pray for you. And you know what? I believe God's going to fill you tonight. I have faith to believe that. Praise God. Tonight. Do you believe it? Sing it again with me. Ah, come on, if the Lord's dealing with you. You want the Holy Spirit? Come on, and God's going to give it to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, 
Get ready for it, sister. God wants to do something for you tonight. I don't understand all this myself because I don't understand the ways of the Lord. But I do know the voice of my Master. And while you were praising the Lord, I, I visualized this in the Spirit. I know that you love God. I know this very dearly. God's real in your heart. And He's alive. But it was like a veil or something. I can't explain what the Lord showed me. It seemed to hover around you. Even though you love God, even though you have spoken in tongues, even though the Lord is real, that there is a breaking through that God wants to bring in your life, a freedom, a liberty, something that will shake you out of, a, of an area that the enemy has been able to keep you in. I'm not questioning your experience, your baptism, anything. I know that you love God. But there has been something that has kept you from gaining the real liberty and the Spirit of God that you know down in your heart that you really want. And I believe that God's able to do this right now. Do you believe it? Oh, shut up. Just release your will to the old God. God, in the name of Jesus, Saint and I come against every part of our will, of our feelings. May there be a release. Oh, lift up your hands high to the Lord. Higher. Get him, get him away. Oh, yes, Lord. Let the power of your Holy Spirit flow from the top of the sister's head. Quicken. Woo. Glory to God. Lift up your hands and worship Him right now. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many here have a miracle? You need healing. You need some particular thing in your body tonight. Stand to your feet quickly. Stand up right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many believe the Lord is able and willing to do something about this tonight? In the name of Jesus. Alright, I want one of you brothers or sisters in the Lord, good, solid Christians that are working here in this church, stand up beside them right now. I want you to minister with them. We're going to agree together. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we're going to pray, church, right now. And God is going to perform miracles. I believe this in the name of the Lord. The Bible says He will. It said, Ask anything in my name and faith, believing it, it shall be done. 
Just agree over that person right now. God, I smite that sickness. I smite that disease. I command that pain in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of God to release from that body. Be healed. Woo. Yes, Lord. Oh, Glory to God, it's happening right now. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Arando siele baranda karataya. I barando shatala baranda. E barashondo riasatala mahaya. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Master, we worship you. May the love of God flow upon these hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. There is a river. I want to sing that chorus. There is a river that flows from God above. There is a fountain that's filled with His love. As we sing it, I want to ask you, those of you who want to, let's just come around these altars and get a hold of the Lord tonight. Let's seek God. And we're going to just pray these people through. God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost tonight. I believe that, don't you? We're going to ask you to just come and pray and seek the Lord right now as we sing it. Everybody sing it with me. There is a river. Yeah. 